Did you, were you interested in some of those names in that clip that um, um, Arthur showed? What was the final one? Uh, I've kept memorising it, memorising now I've forgotten it. Uh, Parker, uh, a it started with P, just a tiny little thing at the end of it. Come on. Huh? There, it, it, keep going. Then something else. Right, Okay. The things that we call things are just unique. Hey, who comes up with these names? I mean, really? Couldn't you just, you know, A, B, and C? <sighs> interesting. Crazy. Speaking of interesting names, um, who would ever think that um, when you, you know, choose a name for um, your, your born kid that they would marry somebody with the same name? I mean, really? I mean, you know, but it, it happens. And so sometimes I don't know whether, do I call one Jess and one Jessica or one Jesse and the other one Jess or, so it's just easy to just call them the, the J's sometimes, it really is, you know, as we know it covers them, them both. As many of you will be aware, they um, went on a pretty extensive journey, six months, was it six months? Six, yeah? Five months? Five months, felt like six. <laughs> Um, five months uh, and really stepped out in, in faith in that journey um, as, a, as a young married couple. And uh, it would be great, um, I thought, to, for us to hear about that, some of that, that journey and uh, just how they've seen God at work in and through all of that because we participated with them in that whole, whole journey. Um, so why don't you welcome them as they come on up. Come on up. We've got the mic here. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Yep, right there. Middle and to the right. There you go. That's you. Just just quietly, Jess is a little bit unwell this morning. It's not contagious, don't worry. So if she pats me on the back and goes and sits down, that's why, just to let you know. She better not puke on the floor, otherwise she's going to have to clean it up herself. You never know. All right. Cool. Great to have you guys along. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out. Um, I thought I'd write down just a couple of things just to guide us this morning. But um, for both of you, what was it originally um, that the Holy Spirit was saying to you guys that led you both to know that God wanted you to enroll in a DTS, in a YWAM DTS? What was it? It's good. You might hear me dribble a fair bit this morning and then Jess will look at me and, and pitch in, so I'm sorry if I dribble a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> or just, just quickly as well, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make um, Bonnie and Cass so welcome. Everyone, just a quick wave over to Bonnie. Sorry, Bon, to put you on the spot. Bonnie, Bonnie's Connor's mum and this is her daughter Cass as well with the headphones on and thanks for coming, Bon. It's so nice to have you here. It's great. And also, I think, was it Lorraine? This morning, what was your name again? Yeah, we met just out the front. What was your name again? Isabella, sorry, Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make Isabella welcome as well. And someone shout her a, a cup or a bicky or something because she's new. So welcome. It's great to have you. So good. Yeah, sweet. Um, sorry, the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I said I was, I said I was going to dribble. Hey, I'm so sorry. Um, what was it that got you guys thinking, yeah, um, we sense that the Holy Spirit's leading us to do a DTS. So that's a big step because you guys had jobs, you were planning to do stuff, you were 
secure, uh, had a place to live, things were going okay, and then all of a sudden they go, yeah, okay, uh, we sense God saying this, um, we, maybe we'll just go, yeah, nah, but you went, yeah, okay, let's pack all of that up, leave all of that, and we believe that we're being led this way, and we need finances, we need, you know, all that stuff. We don't know what the next five odd months is going to, to mean and we're going to come back to nothing and all those types of things. So that was a pretty major step. What was it that led you guys to think, yeah, this is us? It's good. So as um, most of you guys know, but some of you might not know, Jess and I, up until recently, ran a business called Strength Potential where we ran a one-on-one mentoring space and it was awesome. It just exploded. God's hand was upon it. Um, it was an awesome journey, but I definitely burnt out and went through a season of um, pretty intense anxiety. And um, in the height of all of that, um, yeah, Jess and I, we do a Friday night where we pull our mattress out into the lounge room and like sit it on the floor in amongst the couches, like a bit of a fort style and watch movies and that sort of thing. And I was just scrolling through Facebook and um, this little ad for YWAM in Nelson popped up and just, I just knew the Holy Spirit was just on it. And I just knew, oh my goodness, God sending us here. And I showed Jess and I know when Jess goes, yep, God sending us there. When we align that we're called to go and do it. So within two weeks, we were on a plane um, to New Zealand. That was last year. And we spent six weeks just as mission builders. We literally just helped out around the place. We didn't step into five months of mission. It was just six weeks helping out. And I found incredible healing in that place. The father just came running for me again. And yeah, I suppose after that healing, we just felt like, yep, this is a place that God wants us to to be a part of. So does that mean if um, if um, you want a new jet ski and Jess agrees that uh, you, you get it? Is that nah, nah. <laughs> this 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 one this one time? But I um, there was this pit bike, like a little motorbike for sale on marketplace for six hundred bucks, and. Sometimes, and I said to Jess, like, sometimes I get an itch and I just got to scratch it. And we were just on the beach and I saw it and I was like, I'm just going to buy this. And I said, Jess, I'm so sorry, but I've bought this little pit bike. I had an itch and I just had to scratch it. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. What did you think of that, Jess? <laughs> yeah. It, it's currently in sitting in our trailer and it's about to go to the dump because it was probably a bit of a, a waste of a bad spend, <laughs> but he had an itch and he scratched it and yeah. Well, wow. okay. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, we might put it up for auction this afternoon. I don't know. What do you reckon? You know? Anybody? <laughs> um, tell us what um what a week at YWAM sort of looks like. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So um J- JD comes here, hey, and yeah. I'm sure he shared bits and pieces of what a DTS um looks like but for those who don't know it's a five month stint you spend three months learning about God's character and nature and then you spend two months on outreach and so for those three months you have a different speaker come out each week who I would say is a bit of an expert in their 
particular field. And so some of the topics were like learning the father heart of God or Relationships Week. I thought it would be a real theological, biblical, deep dive, but it, it was that in some ways, but it was more so about our heart and getting our heart clean before God and understanding, understanding who He is more to then understand our own identities more. And it was absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah. Was there a moment, Jess, for you, when you look back over it, that really stood out for you? There might be a whole bunch of them, but just, yeah, a moment yeah, or two. I think, um, I think the season that Jesse and I went through, I definitely felt like I was playing a big support role in helping him through his burnout. And I didn't realise through that season how hard my heart had gotten towards God until I got to YWAM. And they would like, yeah, it was all just heart stuff, really just working on like our character and just, yeah, like the speakers that would come out, they'd just really give us a moment to like just... I don't know, like, just give us a moment to, like, catch up to where we are. And, yeah, there was this one ministry time in um, Greg and Ian's week, who, spiritual, it was, like, Holy Spirit week, spiritual warfare week. And um, we'd have times of ministry, and, like, one by one we'd go up and our speakers would pray for us. And just everything that they were saying was just, like, hitting my heart. And I was like, oh, okay. And just, yeah, meeting me where I was at. And I found a lot of healing mm. at YWAM as well, which was really special. And, yeah, I felt like I went with such a hard heart and, like, almost over, like, two mm. weeks just gave me a new heart. And yeah. I was like, wow. Just, yeah, it was wow. really, really cool. Yeah. Was there something similar for you, Jess? Or, or Jesse? Or <laughs> the other Jess? Yeah, I think so. Um, the... The biggest part of lecture phase for me was coming into an understanding of more of who God is because I had this particular lens for what I thought and most of the church knows like I've only been, um, you know, saved for the past four years. So I've been like a, a, a bull to a red flag, just kind of going hard um, for Jesus. And yeah, I feel like the lecture phase time in particular just settled me a bit more, which was great. Um, into just understanding who who he is and seeing yeah God through a, a different lens, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. When you so part of the DTS program is also, uh, if I can use the term, uh, a missional aspect. You you head off to do mission else, elsewhere. What did you guys think when they said Australia? <laughs> yeah. So um, we got we got told in the second week of the lecture phase that there was a choice between Australia and New Zealand or Uganda. And so for Jess and I, the pretty obvious choice was Uganda. We didn't really want to end up, yeah, end up back in, it was Brisbane as well. It's not like we're going to Perth or, I don't know, Tasmania. It was literally coming back to Gim Gympie. And, I <laughs> and um, we received a prophetic word from a friend the day before um, he just, laid hands and prayed for us and he, he said, I have a funny, oh, this was before we knew it was going to be Africa. He said, he prayed for us and he said, I have a feeling that you're going to go to Africa sometime soon. So we, he'd prayed that. We found out it was going to be Uganda or Australia and New Zealand. So we went awesome. We're called to Uganda and everyone wrote down where they wanted to go. And one person 
wrote down Australia and New Zealand. And because of that, we did half and half. We spent half of our time in Australia and half of our time in Uganda. So to find out that we were going to come back to Gympie for a week, um, thinking that we would end up halfway across the world, I mean, we did do that as well. I, honestly, I was cut as. I was not happy. I'm serious, yeah. So you did Gympie and where else? Uh, so we did, yeah, three weeks um, back here in, in Bris Vegas. We did um, one week in Gympie, one week in Childers, and one week in Bow Desert. Okay. Yeah. And then after those weeks, you... After those three weeks, we hopped on a plane to Uganda. So um, Brisbane to Dubai, Dubai to Entebbe. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Okay. So, Jess, this is one for, for you. Um, having had a family background in South Africa and growing up there for... How many years were you? Seven. Seven. So what age were you when you left? I was seven when we left. Seven yep. when she left. So you'd have a fair, still a fair bit of memory from South Africa and so on. What was it like heading back to the continent of, of Africa and landing in Uganda? Were there familiarities or anything? Were you, what was it like for you? Um, I think part of me was like really excited because I was like, this is like, I was so little when we left and I was like, this is really cool. Like I'm going back to the continent that I came from. Um, but it's funny, like, we left South Africa for a lot of different reasons, one of them being our safety. Um, and it was just really interesting. Getting to Uganda was very overwhelming. Um, and I didn't, I don't, I don't even know why, but I never thought of, like, the fear side of things before I got there. I never thought, oh, someone might try and hold us up or any of that and I just it didn't cross my mind until we were sitting in our little bus driving through the city and I was like oh my gosh I'm back where I've come from very very different to South Africa like very very different um but yeah just like got hit with a lot of fear that first that first night driving through there was just people everywhere and like we stand out like we really really stood out over there and yeah, they, like, greeted us with, like, very, very big guns at the airport and, like, had some kids trying to steal one of our team members' money. And I was like, oh, this is, like, I'm back to where I've come from. And it was just a bit of a shock. And then, yeah, our host was very lovely. Um, his sponsor, who she actually bought our YWAM base, she owns the or, like, funds the schools in Uganda. Um, and she knew that we were a bit nervous going over to Africa for our safety and all of that. And they literally built a wall around his property, had a security guard every night. And we had big steel doors over our rooms that we could lock from the inside. And we felt very safe. But yeah, definitely that first night was very overwhelming. And I was a bit scared. And some of our European friends were also <laughs> very, very scared. So, yeah. Can you tell us any stories about... Uganda and what happened over there? Either of you, Jay, so fine, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so... What did you do over there? He, yeah, okay, so heaps yeah. of positives out of going to Africa as well, of course. Like, wild, incredible experience. Um, let's go two highlights. One, we met up with the YWAM Kampala base in Kampala. 
and there were the people there on the a small base, but the people there on the base, there was a bunch of Sudanese refugees that had fled their country, and some um, young people from Yemen and from Egypt. Yep. Um, just incredible stories. So these guys from Sudan had literally fled, fled uh, from the civil war, and one of the boys, he'd been in a refugee camp of over six million people and had ended up um, at YWAM, and he's now teaching like people at the base, which was just beautiful to build relationships and bond with these, these guys and pray with them. There was a girl there as well from Yemen. This was one of my highlights. So she, uh, yeah, she's from Yemen. In Yemen, if you're a Christian, they, they just kill you. So she has to pretend to be a Muslim, her and her mum, when she's in Yemen, but she's come over to do a DTS, full-blown um, believer. And yeah, we um, just prayed with her and she prayed in tongues for the very first time um, while we were with her. And it was just such a beautiful powerful um, moment. Probably another highlight for me would be we did community visits in, um, in Entebbe and we would go, we were staying at a school, so, so we stayed at a host's house. We were doing ministry at the school for most of the time, so Jess and I did a fair bit of teaching um, at the school and sharing it there. They do an evening chapel each night and getting in amongst the young people there, but we got to, a chance to go out to their homes and it just ruined me, absolutely wrecked me. It was, we got to the first house and I, it was like the local pastor's house and it was four walls that his five family members were living in and he had a couple of chickens and that was it. And I thought, man, he's doing it tough. But each visit just got worse and worse and worse. And the, one of the last visits was a Muslim family right in the bush, just a bush hut in the middle of nowhere 12 people living in the one bush hut. Um, the mum had a bladder infection. Her son had a bladder infection. They had a man with disabilities living at the home. And they, they had no hope whatsoever. And they didn't care. They're Muslim over there, but they didn't care. They were like, lay hands on me and pray for me. Because I know that perhaps if you lay hands on me and pray for me, that um, we'll find healing. It was just... Um, yeah, bananas. And so interesting over in Uganda, Muslims and Christians are mates. They're really, really good friends. They hang out with each other because there's a set of like moral value that they can agree on. Um, and so Muslim people are super open to prayer and super open to hearing about who Jesus is because it's a part of their religion already. They just don't understand that Jesus is God. Um, and it was awesome to pray for heaps and heaps of Muslim um, people to encounter the Holy Spirit, which was great. Mm. Yep. Um, I think a highlight for me was, um, well, Jesse and I actually both got really sick over there. And it was only like six days into our trip and I got a really, really bad flu. So I missed out on a lot, like the house visits I didn't get to do, which I was really bummed about. But one of my highlights was definitely the kids. There were just kids everywhere. And our team leader, Jasmine, she thought it would be a good idea to bring along like balloons. And she knows how to make balloon animals. And we were just sitting in like the front of the house. And I think she was just making balloon animals for the kids that um, lived at the house. 
but out of nowhere we turned around and there's like 50 children just all like what is this like they've never seen a balloon animal before and they were just so excited like seeing the joy on their face like to have a balloon animal was just amazing and then of course they'd like pop and they'd get really sad but that was definitely a highlight for me and then also um on one of the last days we were there we went to this school and our driver was like it's not too far it's not too far and it was like a two and a half hour drive on a bumpy road <laughs> just into the middle of nowhere um and yeah this school just did things a bit differently to how the school the other schools did it like a lot of um the schools we visited they were very academic like they all want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher um but this school there were still students who wanted to do that but they were really teaching them how to like farm chickens and grow chickens from like an egg and how to raise pigs and like grow like coffee beans and all different kinds of agricultural stuff and like they all made us like shoes out of tire like tires and stuff and knew how to crochet and just like a bit alternative to the other schools and that was that was really really cool being almost like a trade school yeah, yeah it was really nice they just that school was incredible. They just um, they were thinking a bit differently about life and they were just getting creative because mm. most of the students end up back at the village. It's a culling system of school. So if you're not smart enough to go to the next grade, you don't get to go on. Same in the Pacific Islands or if you can't afford it as well. And so they're finding ways to encourage. If you do go back to the village, you can still farm and that's awesome and yeah, um, heaps of coffee beans. It was really cool. You'd be driving along this dirt road and there'd just be a sprawl of coffee beans roasting in the sun. It was um, There were some really beautiful moments like that along the way as well. So out of those experiences, because you've done some cross-cultural work before, you're familiar with you know, those encounters and some of our people have been to, to the Philippines and so on at Mindoro. Um, what has it been in God leading you into... Uh, the YWAM DTS program, and how many people were a part of your team? All up? Nine of you? Roughly nine. Nine, nine plus the leaders. Nine plus the uh, leaders. So God's leading into, the, into that, not aimlessly, but for an attention and, and a purpose. And even your Uganda experience, your Gympie experience, your Bodetan experience, all those things combined. Has there been something that you've been able to identify? And you might, might not, because God reveals in his perfect timing. R truly believe that. But out of those experiences now, you think, aha. Has there been an aha moment of why the Holy Spirit was leading you into doing this DTS? What was it that God was intending to accomplish through it? Can you see that yet? You might not be able to, but I just want to put it out there just in, in case you have. There's lots of different things because we learned so much in a short period of time. Um, but there would, be, there would be two major things for me. The first one is the secret place with God is where everything stems from. And if you don't have that bit right, nothing else is going to be right. The secret place. The secret place. Like getting alone one-on-one -on -one with Jesus and cultivating your personal relationship with him um, intentionally Everything stems from that. And the main thing is character, producing better character. And, if, and that's everything. If you have 
higher level. I, I think God wants to pour out goodness upon us and he wants to pour out more anointing on us. But he's looking for people who he can do that with. And like I, I've, been, I've become so prideful in my life throughout um, even my Christian journey. And I just know producing character means that those kinds of traits are eliminated and God is able to pour out more. So the secret place. The second thing for me out of Africa is injustice. I'm seeing our world, the gap, get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the cost of living increase and increase and increase. And my heart after seeing Africa and like being in Childers in Bundaberg, there's like people homeless up the highway in Bundy. Like we got poverty in our own backyard straight up. Uh, My heart is to probably play a role in fighting that for Jesus in some way. I don't know what that looks like exactly. Still working through that. So God's quickened that for you out of your experience with DTS and the whole mission trip that you really feel that that was part of or is part of his plan and purpose for you to fight injustice? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Or just... And, and, a, and a deeper relationship I'm hearing too. Yeah, mm. yeah maybe to just um, play play some sort of a role in um, yeah, helping those who are less, less fortunate. Okay. I don't know what that yeah. looks like well, exactly. Looks like Jess, anything? Um, I think a similar thing to Jesse, like just the, the stuff that we learnt and the things that God did in my heart while we were there, yeah, that was really special mm. to me. Um, but one thing I've also felt is just my heart for Australia has gotten so much bigger. Like, I remember sitting in class this one moment and, like, we were pretty annoyed that we, like, were coming back to Australia and a bit upset about it. But I just felt like God was saying to me, like, how, like, I don't know how to word it, but, like, how can you go do missions in other countries but you can't even do it in your own country? So it was really, really special coming back to Australia and, I think outreach in Gympie, especially that week in Gympie, was like one of the biggest highlights for our whole DTS. Like the, it was just so special being there, and yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, cool. Because um, it'd be really interesting just to see how God unfolds that and unravels it, and over the the future years, what He reminds you of from back in your DTS things. I suppose that's the the final question question I have for you in that you guys are pretty much I mean it's it's a big faith step to do something like what you've done and when I say a big faith step sorry Lord you know it should be easier in our hearts and minds to step out and trust God when he leads and says let's go let's let's just go and, and, and do this but you pretty much come back to no jobs no place to stay most of your stuff in my roof <laughs> or in your, your family's garage or something or other, all right? That's pretty huge. Um, what's unfolding now for you? Like, I, I, I suppose in my old head, I think, well, before I'm coming back from Uganda, I'm thinking, okay, how do I begin to shore things up and sort things out and work things out and and da 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 and 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 all all, all of that. Um, but for you, you've come back into a real, 
open space to go, okay, don't know where we're going to stay. So what happened? And okay, don't have a job. Okay, so what, how do you trust God in those moments? It's almost a silly question. Well, you just have to. But um, um, just tell us a little bit about that because that's another missional journey that's not like, oh, we've done and dealt with that now, those cross-cultural experiences, and we're jumping back in. You know, I've taken six months long service leave, and now we're back into, you know, a, my, my job. You've literally still on another journey now into what's next. I don't know what the question is there. Is, <laughs> is um, what's, what's next, I suppose, in you walking into the unknown again? I probably won't answer yeah. what, what's next because I don't know. Um, but what I will say is the thing that I've learned, I don't know if this will make sense, but you know Lego, right? Lego? And Lego's got the green grass mat that's like the pieces. And then you've got the blocks that you can build around. I've just learned that um, life with Jesus is like the grass and sometimes he builds things on the grass and sometimes he takes things off the grass. And for me to just be content with the grass and if there's anything else around it, that's just a blessing from God. And like I've got a great mentor in my life. His name is, is Dan and he's done a heap of missions work in the Philippines. Um, and he's a, he's a well-to-do guy. Like he's got a beautiful big home in Coolum, or like an absolutely exceptional businessman. But he, he says to me, and I believe him 100%, Jesse, if God told me to sell my house, sell my cars, go back into the Philippines and just do missions 24-7, I would do it. And so that's the heart that I want to have is just fully surrendered in faith to God. Whatever he calls me into, that's awesome. And to just live by faith because that's what yeah. we're called to do. And to, I don't know, be countercultural and yeah. not step into the ways of this world and I don't know that's difficult yeah. to do yeah. yeah do you have a place to stay yeah okay cool praise God Jess do you want to add anything um one thing that comes to my mind is living at YWAM everyone's in the same boat as us like everyone else doesn't have money doesn't have their own car all of that so you're just living in this community where everyone's just cheering each other on and like um yeah like trying to support each other financially and um spiritually and just yeah like being in that environment was just so encouraging and it has been nice coming back to like carry that on still like no like we can still trust God in our finances and like to provide for us and literally overnight he's provided somewhere for us to live and um yeah like just yeah it was a really great environment to live in and in. So, yeah, I'm excited for what he's doing. Okay, yeah. so that whole faith step of DTS has now continue, is now continuing on. Yeah, yeah really being played out. Let's, um, let's pray for these guys, hey? Lord, um, uh, we just li lift up um, Jessica and Jesse to you, Lord, and, and uh, thank you for their testimony of your faithfulness, that we can trust in you. The God that we don't necessarily see in a physical form and you're very present 
in all of creation and the universe, making sure that by your power and energy things are kept alive. It's you alone. And yet you also extend that same energy and the power of your Holy Spirit upon your people's lives. You have a desire, Lord, for us to know you and to walk in just a unique confidence and trust and hope and faith, not a doubting one, but a sure one, to know that you lead and guide and you are the true safety net. You know, the, even more than that, Lord, words can't capture, but that we can, we can have a confidence in you, Lord. We might not be able to go around things and hardships and difficulties in our lives, but no matter what, as we walk through life and its journey, you are always there. You remind us, Lord. Your staff is there. You are there to comfort and guide us. And we, so we, we thank you, Lord, for what you have done and will continue to do in Jessica and Jesse's life, Lord, um, and for the journey and for the encouragement that they can be to others, Lord, who just need somebody to come alongside of them to say, hey, just, I just need a moment to know that you know, God is real, that God is leading and guiding. Pray with me. Pray for me. And so we thank you for them and for what uh, the journey lies ahead for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give these guys a round of applause. Thanks heaps for coming and sharing with us, guys. That's huge. I'm not going to take up much more of our time this morning because I know things are, are getting on a little bit. But I just wanted to remind us, I suppose, um, in this journey that we're on at the moment, uh, in this teaching series of where Jesus says, come follow me, and what that really looks like. You know, um, just reiterating some of the stuff that we've said over the last couple of, of weeks. The apprenticeship of Jesus. And that he leads us into places sometimes that we're unsure of. And that come follow me for a rabbi was just simply about, hey, come and check me out. And sometimes we want to do that in life in our journey as people who are unsure about God. Where he says, hey, from a distance. Come check me out. Come follow me. Come find out what I really, really am all about. And then to begin to grow into that, to learn of that. And um, not next week, because next week we're um, uh, having a morning tea. This afternoon is a high tea. Next week is a, is a morning tea for us. Just to spend time in community and pray for one another and to hear each other's stories. But he encourages us to grow. And I suppose that's the question. When you want to look at your, your life, and I'll put this out there, we're going to pick up on it in a couple of weeks' time as a, as a challenge also, but to even begin to um, um, map out what your week looks like. To work out how much time do I spend with this? How much time do I spend doing that? How much time do I spend in all of these areas of my life. And even to look at that spiritual aspect, how much of time, because um, um, Jesse picked up on it, do I, am, I, am I spending time with God? And to look at all of that and then to begin to say, okay, is there some area that I can perhaps adjust and just provide God with a little bit more? 
a little bit more time in prayer, a little bit more time perhaps in worship. One of those areas, a spiritual discipline perhaps. Just an extra 10 minutes here rather than doing that instead. To begin to, and as we're going to journey in this later this year and then into next year, but to begin to journey into what does um, a fully equipped apprentice of Jesus look like in the way in which I live and the way in which I put structures around my life to help develop that. Let's pray and then we're just going to um, sing a short song. Lord God, we... We thank you for your word, for the way in which Jesus, your teaching was all about the kingdom of God, not about a self-help program, but about I have come to bring the kingdom of God, to let you know that you are known by name, that you are loved and accepted. And through what I can do, as Jesus said, through what I can do on the cross, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I can bring a life that surpasses all understanding. I can bring joy and hope in the midst of the valley moments in your life. And so we would just pray for that, Lord, for a greater awareness of you and your presence and an ability just to grow in our understanding and depth of you, that you might be able to produce the fruits of your Holy Spirit at work in us and through us as we seek to glorify your kingdom in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.